0: Good evening. Thank you for being here. So, uh, Pastor Jim is out of town, uh, so be praying for him as he travels. And this, uh, as we get started, we will be going over our prayer list here in a little bit, but before we do that, let's just open with a word of prayer, and then Brother Mike will come and lead us in a song. Father, we thank you for another night together. Thank you for this opportunity that we can worship in your house. Thank you for sending Jesus down on the cross for our sins. God, you are great and mighty and father tonight as we look at your word father may it speak to our hearts and show us of the things that we need to lay aside so that we may walk and fall more in love with you each and every day thank you for this time together in jesus name we pray amen commercial
1: you want that Well, glad to see all of you, the adults and the youth, smiling faces, and as a reminder for those that are at home watching, um, we will not have choir practice tonight, so just a reminder, take your hymnals or sing from the the, the, the screens, but we are turn, turn to 476 and let's sing Be Strong in the Lord, There's three verses, Be strong in the Lord and be of good courage. Your mighty defender is always the same. Mount up with wings as the eagle ascending. Victory is sure when you call on his name. Be strong. Be strong strong in the Lord And be of good courage For he is your guide Be strong, be strong Be strong in the Lord And rejoice for the victory is yours So put on the armor The Lord has provided and place your defense in his unfailing care. Trust him for he will be with you in battle, lighting your path to and be of the courage your mighty commander will vanquish the foe fear not the battle for the victory is always his he will protect
0: Few things go real quick. Uh, If you need uh, assistance with uh, the phone live streaming, we have the the number. It should be there on the uh, page that you can look at on the Facebook page. And also, you know, be sure to follow us and uh, get some more likes in there so we can get our Facebook follow up. And don't forget. Who's Your One? Remember, we are putting Who's Your One cards on our cross over here to remember to pray for that one person uh, that the Lord has laid upon your heart when it comes to sharing the gospel with. Uh, Very important. And so, uh, with that, is there any, I gave out all of my, did I give you mine? No, that's not mine. On the uh, prayer report here, if you have the prayer list, um, Miss Janie Town, is that right? Is that right? She is in hospice, and Miss uh, Pat Gattis said that uh, they have given her about a week to live. So please be praying for that family. Is there any other update? Oh, and, and on the bottom of your list, Miss Wendy Hamlin passed away today. And so be praying for the Hamblin family. Uh, students, if you know Cody that comes in Sunday school, this is his grandmother. So be praying for Cody, if you would, please. Yeah. Okay, uh, Miss. Pat Williams said, Beverly Daniels will be moving to Morning Point, and she's not sure when that will take place, so i uh, be, be praying for her as that transition is coming up soon. And, he, David today. David his uh, and so, awesome. So she said Jim Hess called, and his son David Hess, who has been battling cancer, has been dismissed from his oncologist. So, That means things are looking well, going good. Uh, If you would uh, add to the prayer list, I was seeing if it was on here, it may be on here, Jay Barbier. I don't know if I see it on here. He is the youth specialist for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. We prayed for him uh, a couple years ago. He was going through cancer uh, and it has come back in his lungs. And so it's stage four. We're praying for him and his family. Um, His name is Jay Barbier and it's B-A-B-I-E-R, I believe. It's, he's from South Louisiana, so he's Cajun. So be praying for him. Also be praying for uh, Tim Forsyth. He is a youth pastor in Manchester at Trinity, and he had scans yesterday. He had colon cancer last year, and uh, they think that on, some, on a recent scan that he had that either the cancer has come back or it's scar tissue. So he had a PET scan yesterday. So be praying for him, as he's supposed to get results, I believe, tomorrow sometime. His name, again, is Tim Forsyth. So so do we need to take um, the Hess or David Hess off? I don't know. He just finished up his radiation. Off. Okay. All right. Any other prayer requests? All right. Uh, Miss Pat Williams, Aunt Joanne Woodson, got some results, and it was not it was not good. So I guess from to be praying for her, Joanne Woodson. It's the fourth from the bottom. On friends and family, students, y'all got anything? Any prayer requests? Um, Shamar. for the family of Hannah Allen, she's a student that I taught in my school In prayer, passed away in Boston. Hannah. Hannah Allen. Hannah. Okay, pray for Hannah Allen. Any other prayer requests? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we lift up these requests to you. We thank you for the, of knowing that, God, you are able to answer these requests, and we pray for your will to be done. And Father, we lift up to you uh, those who are struggling with health issues, and, Father, so much uncertainty that is still there. Father, we pray for healing, and, with God, we pray for wisdom, Lord, you would give the families as they have to work through next steps of what uh, that might be. Father, we pray for the family of Hannah Allen, who has to go through this time, the season of burying their daughter. God, it's, it's hard to imagine what that is like. But Lord, we just pray your peace and comfort for them. And Lord, we just want to also pray for the family, the Hamblin family, who has lost a grandmother and a mom, and God that you would comfort them this season. And Lord, help us to not be slow to reach out and just, and just let them know we're praying for them, that we are there for them. God, thank you for uh, the good news about David Hess and just the journey he has been on. God, we pray that you would just continue to bless his family in this time with uh, a good the health, continue to get better and better. And Father, we lift up to Miss Beverly Daniels as she has a move coming up soon. God, that you would just help that transition to go well and for all the paperwork to go as smooth as possible. And, Lord, we just thank you that we can come together and offer these requests to you. God, you know the requests on our hearts, that Lord, that weren't mentioned. And, Father, we just pray for your will to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So if we miss anything, you could uh, be sure to email or let Amy in the Jackson she's also out of town this week, so uh, Miss Pat has been filling in for her, which that is a huge blessing, um, but before we get started with our Bible study, we're going to play a little game, all right, this game isn't too bad, can you see the screens up there, yeah, all right, this game is, we'll call it our prime timers, right, versus our students, all right. And so the, there's going to be two slides, OK? And so there's one called, I may you're not, you may not be in this generation, but if you're a boomer, um, then it's, it, the, the, the game is called Boomer Says What? And then these are sayings that are well known, perhaps when you were younger, uh, that maybe you said at their age. And for you guys, y'all, they have to answer questions that It's called Gen Z Says What? And so you're gonna see there's some pretty interesting things on both sides of the aisle here. But, so Boomer Says What? Students, you're gonna be taught answering these and giving your best guess, and then go to the pink slide. This is the one that y'all are gonna try to figure out, what does this mean? So y'all can kinda understand each other's lingo a little bit, all right? All right, so I think, let's see who's up first. All right, okay, Boomer. Can you speak boomer? Try your hand at interpreting these popular sayings from the baby boomer teen years, the 1960s. You remember those years? Remember them well? All right. And so for our boomers, read the following words and see if you can define each without looking them up. Bonus points if you can use them in a sentence. So I'm not keeping score, all right? But, so let's look at the first one. All right. This was a teenage saying back in the boomer days, drop the dime. Y'all know what it means? No? You don't remember this? Yeah. All right. Drop the dime, what do you think it means? Spend a lot of money. S- spend a lot of money. It was nothing, like it was just like, It was nothing. Uh-huh. All right, just so you, I didn't make this game, so if, if you don't, if you disagree with the, the, uh, the slide, it's not my fault. All right. All right, drop the dime, let's see what it says made a phone call is that what it that you remember that yeah no all right let's look at a a gen z simp you know what this is all right they know their lingo y'all don't know yours what do you think it's a married man it's a married man (laughs) Dad dad can't play she says what do you think just i tell you hey don't even think hard about it like you're not it's just it doesn't even make sense all right let's do you have one simple it ain't that simple someone who does way too much for a person they like so use it in a sentence you're simping over them it makes absolutely no sense right all right let's look at a boomer one decked out all All right they look nice what we got a great outfit yeah all right let's look at another one for our gen z busting y'all know this one what do you think busting (laughs) look at johnny (laughs) he's like like (laughs) 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 he's to go to school all right, let's see what it says. Something to say when something is really good. That's bussing. it's uh, It's their English. You have your English, they have their English. And so that's what we're doing. We're bridging a gap right now. Have you used those
1: words today? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, now remember, this is kind of slang, all right? Slang. What a gas. What do y'all think? Good food? No.
1: Wait, what do you think? Uh, it's
0: like, <laughs> <drive it to laughs> Jason doesn't want to be labeled over here. <laughs> long, like using all your gas up. Your gas up. Do you, what do y'all, what do we got? Something that's fun or funny. What a gas. All right. All right, let's look at the next one. No cap. <laughs> right, there's no way you're figuring it out. <laughs> these are educational for me so <laughs> no I don't use these words <laughs> I would if I said no cap it's in a sentence it's like no you don't capitalize that letter I've never said no cap
1: all right
0: listen Shh. Shh. hold on What what Mr. Mike say not lying so
1: and so if you say that's cap it is lying you're lying
0: all right look at the next one wig chop y'all familiar with this one y'all done forgot all your teen slang huh <laughs> haircut meaning haircut all right out of pocket. This is what they'd say. Means they're
1: having to pay for something they don't need. Yeah. We were out. Right.
0: Say something goofy or going too far with something. So. All right. I think we got one more for each. That was a that was that was a big tickle. Yeah this one sound familiar? Yeah, that made me laugh. That was a big tickle. Drip. Dweeb. The faucet. The faucet. That's what I thought. What? A dweeb. A dweeb. What do you think, Mr. Johnny? A drip. That's what you do when weather's
1: freezing outside.
0: Yeah. All right. So yeah, this is one A student said something about they got a bunch of drip, and I was like, what? And so, you know, millennials, we would say bling. All right? So, a term to describe your outfit. So, is that it? So that was the last one. So you see, there's a lot of different, you know, words that we throw in there. And so, but as we get started in youth, we've been going through a series called Habits. And so the first week we talked about hanging out with God. And it was just another way of saying prayer. Spending time with God in prayer, hanging out with God, and seeing prayer as an opportunity. To just sit back, talk to God about what's going on in your life, like you would with a friend. And The next one that we talked about was accountability, the importance of having an accountability partner and making sure that you have the same values when you have an accountability partner. And the purpose of an accountability partner is to help you in your walk with the Lord. And so, here, Jason, will you pass these out, please? Yeah, y'all get one. So, but before we get started, Diving deep, I want to ask a couple questions. And, you, and, and so I like conversation, so I know this is a little bit out of, a little different from what you're used to. But have you ever watched a sport or activity and thought it looked easy until you tried it? Yeah, what was it? Golf. Golf. What you got? Have you ever looked at a sport and thought it looked easy until you tried it? Huh? Track? Wrestling? All right. So, what made it what was it about it that made it difficult? Technique. Technique. Um, fear of messing up. Fear of messing up. You, you needed a talent to do it. You tripped over your own feet. Well, and there's some consistency there, but that comes with practice. Practice. You need practice, all right? And so, if you could pick any sport to be instantly great at, what would it be? Football, gymnastics. gymnastics. Is gymnastics a sport? That's yes. just kidding. <laughs> That's why I say cheerleading sport. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right, just kidding, just kidding. All right, what else? What if you could be a great at one sport? What would it be? Baseball. Baseball. Is right. That's right. Miss Pat, what would it be? Football. There you go. Jason's a hockey player, right? Maybe. So, <clears throat> what's, when you think about these things, sports, what similarities do we see between athletes training for competitions and Christians growing in their faith? What would you say some similarities are? Preparation. Challenging, preparation. Yeah. There's obstacles to overcome, right? There's things you've got to press on and keep moving forward. Think of a time when you found Scripture to be encouraging. When was the last time that you read something in Scripture and you were encouraged? What was it? Do you remember? And you don't have to answer out but just think about that. The last time you were reading Scripture and you were encouraged by that Scripture. And so when we look at our life and the importance of us uh, growing in our faith, it's a big theology word, sanctification, right growing in our faith it's important for us if we trusted jesus christ as our lord and savior that we are not in the same place that we were the day that we accepted christ till january 31st 2024 and so what does it take to be good at something what do we need practice and so practice is important right and so here's the acronym that we're following of habits H stands for hanging out with God, A, accountability, B, Bible study. And so, as we're talking about the importance of Bible study, right, and it may seem obvious, right, Bible study is important, but we're going to talk about why that is. These are habits that we need to have in our lives. These habits, these are spiritual disciplines as well. Can, and it can make all the difference in how you run the race. And so, when we look at God's Word, we understand that to excel in sports, or whatever it may be, whether it's learning a language, uh, practicing an instrument, uh, like I said last week, throwing a flag 20 feet in the air, you need practice, right? And you need to be disciplined to set out the time to do it. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 9 verses 24 through 27. Paul says this: Don't you realize that in a race, everyone, sorry, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. We're in first corinthians 9 verses 24 through 27 so run to win all athletes are disciplined in their training they do it to win a prize that will fade away but we do it for an eternal prize so i run with purpose in every step i am not just shadow boxing i discipline my body like an athlete training it to do whatever it should otherwise i fear that after preaching to others i myself might be disqualified. Paul said he has disciplined his body like an athlete training it to do what it should. Paul wants to do what he has been called to do, and he wants to do it in a way that is honoring to the Lord. Just like an athlete has to be disciplined before they ever show up to the competition, right? we got the Super Bowl coming up. You know those two teams are hopefully preparing, right? Whoever prepares the best is going to be the one who can win the Super Bowl. And so, but if they're just sitting at home playing Madden on their, and, and doing a bunch of uh, video games and eating Doritos and pizza, they're not preparing like they should for the biggest game of their life. You see, every day for us as believers, it is the biggest day of our life for this one purpose. We're not promised tomorrow. And so, it's important for us to be ready and prepared for what the day may hold. Believers need to be spiritually disciplined to follow the ways of Jesus. See, we've been, as we've talked about, we've been focusing on these spiritual disciplines. Today we're talking about Bible study, as I shared earlier. And so these things are going to be important for us. So Bible study is, as I said, it's one of those, duh, yeah, this is important. Why are you talking about this? Because it's something that we know is important, that we should do. But sometimes just because we know it's important doesn't mean that we really follow through with it either. Have you ever really thought about why we need to study the Bible? Why do you think? Why do we need to study the Bible? You hear this and you've heard this all your life if you've been here at this church. Or even if you've only been coming for a little bit. You've, been, you've heard you need to read the scriptures. You need to spend time in God's word. Why do we want to do this? Why? This is where you answer back. To be prepared when a situation arises, you need to respond. To be prepared in a situation so that you know how to respond. What else? Hmm? Learn to learn about God. Is there any other book on this earth that you can trust to teach you about God other than the Bible, like and why it was created? The Bible's God's word, right? It was written by God through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gives men what to write. You see, there's a big difference, like I said, between knowing something is important and following through with it in our actions. We know if you're playing a sport, you need to practice. We know that if you got a test the next day, you need to study, right? Students, you need to study, you know? And so if you struggle with this, I want to encourage you, you're not alone. See, this is a struggle that people have been wrestling with for thousands of years, is opening God's Word and spending time in it. That doesn't mean that, oh, well, I want to be like everybody else, so I'll just, you know, stick to what they're doing. No, we need to read a passage. As we read a passage in the part of a letter written over 1,900 years ago, Paul tells a young pastor by the name of Timothy something important. And he was mentoring Timothy, and Paul considered himself to be Timothy's spiritual father in the faith. And so before we read it, you might find it helpful to know that many scholars believe that this letter, 2 Timothy, that Paul wrote before the Roman government executed him preaching was his last letter that he would write. Paul likely wrote it from prison, a prison cell, knowing that his execution was right around the corner. And so it's believed that Paul was beheaded by the Roman government. Because why? He preached Jesus. So these are some of his last words that he had for Timothy. Let's look at it. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Verse 14 is huge. He's telling Timothy, you must remain faithful. What needs to happen in order to remain faithful? Discipline. You must know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught by the Holy Scriptures from childhood. So, that's the Old Testament, all right? Because they didn't have the New Testament then. Paul's saying the Old Testament is the Holy Scriptures. You have been taught these things since childhood. He goes on to say, And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. The Old Testament, Paul is saying, has given you the wisdom to show you that you needed to be saved and show you that you were lost in your sins and it pointed to Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Man, we need that, don't we? We need that. Because sometimes we're willing to justify the things that we do that are wrong, but God's word isn't going to let us It's going to tell us what is wrong it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right god uses it to what prepare and equip his people to do every good work you see god's word is there to prepare you equip you to do what he has called you to do now i know the apostle paul wrote it to a young pastor named timothy but Scripture today is very applicable to us, even though this letter is over 1,900 years old, right? So it's for us as well. And if that's true, and I believe it is, we should take a few minutes to unpack what Paul is saying. I want to give you three truths that Paul shows us in, this, in these verses. The first one is this. God's Word points us to Jesus. That's what he says. God's Word points us to Jesus. We need to be, be pointed to Jesus every day. Because we get distracted by so much that we need to get our attention our focus back on Jesus. It may be friends. It may be work. It may be the the things that are going on in this world that drives us crazy, uh, that we get lost in the news with. And we need to be driven back to Jesus every single day. The Bible's full of stories, right? Most of us remember the stories like Noah in the flood, or Jonah being swallowed by the big fish, Daniel in the lion's den, right? Those are some awesome stories, and they teach us very, some great lessons. But like we saw in verse 15 of chapter 3, Paul says that these stories, these Old Testament stories, point us where? To Jesus. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. And they have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. The story of Noah and the flood. He said all those stories work together by pointing to one person, Jesus. One of my favorite ways to read the Old Testament is this, to try and see how each story points us to Jesus. David and Goliath. Even the creation narrative. How it points us to Jesus. And so to Jesus because it's about how a broken world has been made new, right? Jesus heals, and he makes what is broken and makes it new. The story of Jonah and the big fish points to Jesus by showing us that God wants to redeem us. He wants to redeem people whom others may see as beyond redemption. You remember Jonah? He didn't want to go to Nineveh. Why? Because the people were wicked, right? But God says, it doesn't matter what you think. What matters is... I want to save them. God had a love for those people, just like God has a love for us. None of us are worth saving, but God thought we were. You see, the only thing that we deserve is God's wrath, and that's an eternity in hell. But God said, no, I love you too much for, to let that happen. He sends Jesus, right? The story of Daniel and the lion's then points to Jesus by reminding us that God is always faithful, even in the... dearest circumstances so imagine being in a den of lions you ever felt like in life that you everything was just crashing down on you and everybody and everyone was out to get you where could you go Daniel prayed to his God you can go to Jesus Paul wanted Timothy and us to know that the scriptures all of them point to Jesus And the second truth is this, God's Word shows us the truth. God's Word shows us the truth. The Bible tells us all kind of true things that take place, like how God loves us, how Jesus died to redeem us. But I think Paul might have been giving us a bigger picture here in verse 16. Again, let's read it. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach, us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. What is it in your life that you know is wrong, that God has told you about, but you haven't done anything about? It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. And so, Paul told Timothy and us that when we allow ourselves to dive into the Bible, we will learn a lot about God and at the same time about ourselves. The Bible reveals to us who God is. It also reveals to us who we are. And the truth of our need to be rescued. We will start to recognize God's goodness and his perfect plan for our lives. And in the process, we'll begin to realize that there might be parts of our lives that don't align with God's word. Or how God has called us to live. And so there's things that, when we do see those things in Scripture, when we see those things in our lives that All right, this in my life isn't lining up with how God's called me to live. I need to change this. God, give me the strength to say no, to turn away from it, to to give it up. I want to challenge you to see it from a different perspective as well. Instead of seeing it as how the Bible points out all the ways we messed up, which is needed, we need to know where we mess up and how messed up we are. Start viewing it as how it allows us to the opportunity to become more like Jesus. Knowing that you're doing something that you shouldn't, how can you giving up whatever it may be make you more like Jesus? You see, and the only way we can be more like Jesus is if we have a way to know what's true and what's not. Thankfully, that's precisely what the Bible does if we let it. And that's what, when we read the scriptures and we examine it, it calls us to examine our own heart and our life. So when you study the Bible, it's not just reading it to check off a a box or to, you know, make sure you get all your reds through in the year in your Bible app. But no, it should be taking time to examine what God is saying. Examine what God is saying to your heart and and what is it in your life that needs to be removed so that why? That you may become more like Jesus, right? Because that's the purpose that we see in Scripture, that he is... He wants us and he's molding us to be into the image and likeness of his son. You see, the last truth is this, is that Paul wrote to Timothy, and I want to call your attention to this last point, is that God's word prepares us for the best possible future. See, I told you I could tell you, if I could tell you anything about your future, you may want to, would you want to know it? If I could tell you what you'll be doing in 10 years, 20 years from now, would you want to know Perhaps some of you would. But that's what Paul says Scripture does. Look at verse 17. God uses it. He's talking about his word. He uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Why do we do Bible study? Because that we may be used by God that it would prepare us to do the work of God. See, again in verse 17. For an athlete, they got to put the work in, right? They got to be equipped for a game plan. You know, they got to prepare by, you know, training their body or, you know, even watching what they eat and and how much, you know, they allow into into, uh, their routine when it comes to getting in in the best shape possible for whatever event that they're going to be a part of. Sometimes they practice three, four, five hours a day. Why? Because they know it takes a lot of work to be ready. It takes a lot of work and a lot of no's to say God's Word is more important today. Sorry, I can't hang out with you today. I need to spend time with the Word. Sorry, you know, I need to lay the phone down and put it in the drawer so I don't look at it so I can spend time with God's Word. You know, looking for things that you can say no to instead of saying no to God's Word. When you say no to the things of this world, It opens up more opportunities to what God is calling you to do and to God's Word. You see, reading the Bible won't tell you what college you will attend or who you're going to marry one day. But the Bible does tell us something equally important about our future. Each of us was made by God for the express purpose of doing good things. And while that may not sound like much at first, imagine what our world would be like if every time... Someone had a decision to make. They took a step back and asked themselves, which of these choices will lead to the most good? I'm sure if everyone in the world asked that question, for every decision that they faced, there'd be less fighting, less war, less poverty, less selfishness, less hunger, less bullying, less sexism, racism, less intolerance. All of these outcomes sound pretty awesome, right? But that's what Paul says. It can happen when we allow the Scripture become an integral part of our lives. We have the opportunity to to take all of the good that God has created and bring that good as a reality into a world that needs it. See, the good that God is doing in your life now, people need to hear about it. People need to know what God is doing, how God is answering your prayers, and the things that the hardships you're going through and how God is helping you through them, people need to hear these things. I don't know about you, but if the Bible can help us do all of this, then I want it. I want all in. I want to experience that from God's Word. I want what Paul said that the Bible can offer us, right? It will take some work on our part, right? Unfortunately, these good things don't just happen simply because we own a Bible, or you know, we know that there's one in the pew at church, or I have one on my phone on the app. Just having a Bible in your house doesn't make sense make it work right the bible needs to be open it needs to be read it needs to be spent in time with we own a bible or we lay it on the table at home and they definitely don't happen immediately but after we look at the scripture and we see man if just spending a few minutes whether that's three to five minutes a day it's a start it doesn't have to be difficult just needs to be consistent and sometimes you might miss a day, and that's okay. If you want the Bible to change your life, it requires building a habit of Bible study. And yeah, I know the Bible is a, it's a big book, right? Sixty-six books in one. And, so, and some of it's very difficult to understand. I get it. But here's the truth. No one understands it completely. You see, it requires even the most advanced scholars to continue to study it. And to know it I want to give you an idea about some of some things that you can do when it comes to committing to reading your Bible the first one is this commit to reading your Bible each day see I don't want you to think this is the easy part like this is this is hard it takes discipline right reading your Bible every day takes a commitment you say well I just don't like to read and that is the biggest lie the devil throws out there at us. Because we read things every day. Well, I just don't understand what it says. You know, and again, you've got to make an effort. You know, when you stepped out on a baseball field or, you know, for the first time, or you picked up a bowling ball for the first time, or you were in, uh, you know, cheerleading for the first time, or track for the first time, basketball for the first time, you weren't good at it. Unless you were some maybe child prodigy, but most of us aren't. And so it takes time, and it requires a lot of work. But it's essential and beneficial to your life as a follower of Jesus. The bottom line is this. It's impossible to allow the Bible to make a difference in your life if you don't know what it says. And you can't know and understand what it says if you don't read it. Remember the story of Joshua? Joshua was one of Moses' military leaders. What happens in the start of Joshua? Well, Joshua is now in charge of the whole nation of Israel. See, he didn't sign up for that. See, if I'd been in his shoes or, or, you know, sandals at the time, I would have had no idea where to start, and neither did he, right? That's why the story of Joshua began with God giving him instructions. Multiple times, he says... Do not be afraid. Be courageous. See, God didn't tell him to study battle tactics or to train his soldiers for war. Look at what Joshua heard from God. He said this in Joshua chapter 1. Study this book, instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We see that if Joshua wanted to succeed in what God had called him to do, what did he need to do? What do he need to do? Be strong and courageous. Look at the first part of that verse. He said what meditate on what meditate on it day and night do not let this book to depart from your mouth right he's talking about his word he needed to read and know the scriptures you know it's believed that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible and Joshua finished Deuteronomy there you know as because Moses couldn't finish it because he had died but we can't possibly understand what God has in store for our lives if we don't commit to reading and understanding the words he's already given us. Who here wants to know God's will for their life? Just a few of us. Hopefully it's all of us, right? See, you weren't creative here just to take up space and one day die. No, God's created each for a purpose. You see, the way that we know God's will for our life is that we know who God is and we know his word and through prayer and hanging out with God and, you know, through speaking and, and, and getting accountability from others and spending time in Bible study, we grow in our walk with the Lord. We can't possibly understand what God has in store for our lives. Again, if we don't commit to reading and understanding the words he has given us. You say, Matt, I just want to hear from God on what I'm supposed to do. Well, that's easy. I know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to spend time in his word. supposed to spend time in prayer god doesn't give us big neon signs of saying hey this is what you're to do next no he's given us his word to say hey just focus on me right now focus on what on me so that you can know what to do next in time he reveals it you see it doesn't mean though that we have to do this alone this is the second action thing that you could do and that's read your bible with other people that's okay Read your Bible with other people. If you're going to start reading the Bible, reading it with other people helps tremendously. I bet you can even find a few people in your family or even, you know, your friend group of who you may want to start reading the Bible with together. So go for it. Ask. Hey, let's try to read through the book of Mark this month. You know? Talk to your mom and dad. Hey, mom and dad, can we sit down and try to read scripture this month together? If you're going to start reading the Bible, read it with other people. It helps. One of the best reasons of all for reading the Bible with other people is that when you read something confusing, you already have a group of people to talk about about with. You know, hey, did anybody understand that? I'm not sure what this is. Do you know what it means? And maybe they understand a little bit better than you do and then y'all can help one another. You see, when you're reading the Bible with people that you trust, you're willing to ask questions that you may not ask around others. See, it leads to conversations that can develop into great accountability, to great spiritual growth. And if, if it leads to those things, and we know that those are things that are good, right? And so the makes reading the Bible a little bit easier. Because why? Our friends are reading it with us. I have people I could talk about it with. The third thing is this. Don't stop asking questions until you find answers. You see, the Bible has all sorts of things that may seem confusing, but there's answers for them. You know what? Sometimes the answers you may not like them because they may not go against they may go against your worldview. And that's okay. And it's not the Bible that needs to change, it's your worldview. And so, let me let you in on a little secret that, again, that I told you about earlier, no one knows everything, but we must strive to know it. There isn't one person alive who is close to knowing everything. Sure, there's some people who have, that we can look at, they would say, man, they know their Bible front to back, but if they're honest, they don't know everything, because there are some things in Scripture that I think the Lord leaves a mystery, and that's okay. You see... We may still have questions, and that's fine. And Sometimes the answer is, well, we're just going to have to wait till we get to heaven. You see, but when you do have a question, it's good to ask questions. It's good to seek answers. It's good not to allow those questions, you know, to go unanswered, because why? If you have doubts, your doubts need to be talked about with others. You can do that in a group of people that you're reading Scripture with. And I used to think that if I found something in the Bible that didn't make sense, you know, going through uh, Bible college and seminary, you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of pressure in those classes to know things. And you have some students who are like exceptional, straight A's, and like, I mean, that wasn't me. <laughs> and, you know, are people who were like sharp as a tack. And like, I know that just wasn't me. And so... I had a buddy at the time, like, man, this dude's going to go on and, like, get his, like, four PhDs. Um, I mean, he didn't, but it wouldn't have surprised me. And so, but the reality is I could do Bible study with those guys, and they were some of the best moments I had in college. One time we were doing Bible study, and we got snowed in at his house in Cleveland, Georgia, and we had Bible study. We had a great time of fellowship. And, I mean, we ended up staying up all night playing Mario Brothers and just just talking about the Lord, too. Like, it was just one of the greatest moments of my life. Why? It was centered around Christ, fellowship with those that we have the same values with. We were able to do and, and, and talk about things that, you know, would challenge us and help us in our faith. But what do you do when you have questions? I mean, it sounds simple. But what you need to do is ask your questions. I used to, you know, you know, the more that you ask, right, the more that you learn. You ever been sitting in class and you don't understand something, but you're afraid to raise your hand because you think people are gonna laugh at you? Yeah, I mean, it happens, right? And you're like, man, I just need the teacher to explain that one little piece again, and I think I would get it, but I'm afraid to ask because someone might laugh. I mean, so what if they laugh, right? If you have questions about scripture, ask those questions. You see, God wants to know wants us to answer wants to answer God wants us to ask our questions because he knows that his word has those answers for us. You see, knowing that you can ask your questions one it doesn't offend God god is not offended by your questions seriously anyone who tells you that they already understand everything about the bible is just wrong and they're arrogant they are missing the point when we're willing to admit that we don't know everything and we start asking questions we begin to learn and understand more about the bible you know maybe you're you're in your bible study and you're looking at first corinthians and and you're like man there's just some things in here god i don't understand you know i think i'll just skip to the next book second corinthians it might be a little bit easier no. Man, dive into that, deep into that, and spend time in that. Break it up, you know, only a few verses at a time. You know, chapter by chapter, there are deep theological truths that you see. If you go to the book of Colossians, all right, and these slides aren't up there, but Colossians chapter 1. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. There is so much deep theological truth that we see Paul says in here in Colossians chapter 1, uh, verses 15 through 20, alright? He says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by Him, in Him and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Paul is describing Jesus. But what does that mean that Jesus is the firstborn of creation? What does that mean that he is the image of the invisible God? These are questions that it's okay to ask. And find those answers in Scripture and talk with those who are holding you accountable. Here's an important question. Whom do you ask when you have questions about the Bible? Parents? You know, I wouldn't trust Google necessarily. I wouldn't trust TikTok and the TikTok theologians or the the Facebook or Instagram ones. There's a lot of crazy ones out there. Man, hopefully you could trust me or your leaders and youth, or you know, Mister uh, Mike here and and Pastor Jim, that you can come and I man, I just got some questions I need help with. You see, there are some legit websites that are good to talk about, that are good to use, but encourage you to spend time in the Word yourself. Let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten an answer to a question you've asked but weren't satisfied with that answer? If this happens to you about a question you have about the Bible, don't give up. Keep asking. Keep seeking. There's almost always an excellent chance that someone has the question you have. Questions I've had about the Bible, maybe Jason had the same questions. I didn't know until I asked him. See, the last thing I want to leave you with is this. Don't beat yourself up either if you miss a day of Bible study, right? God's not there. Say, man, I can't believe they did five days in a row and they missed the sixth day. They are a terrible, terrible son or a terrible daughter. You know what? To hell with them. That's not God. No. Because, hey, we missed a day. Can we, can we make up for it today? Man, don't beat yourself up. Because not being perfect at reading the Bible every day is not the point of building a habit of Bible study. The point of Bible studies is to know God and His ways better. So whatever you do, if you do miss a day, you miss a few days, don't give up. Open the Bible back up. Late pastor uh, Charles Stanley said, you know, we all go through series seasons of spiritual deserts. And if you ever, uh, I don't think anybody's ever been in the desert, but sometimes when you, well, when you go in a desert, you get really thirsty, right? And you can't just start drinking a gallon of water to quench your thirst but no you got to do it in slow increments slow sips and so just like if you have been away from scripture don't say you know what? i'm gonna read the scripture today and i'm gonna read the whole book of colossians no i mean you're gonna start small work your way up just like an athlete you can't just go out tomorrow say you know what? i'm gonna run a marathon never trained a day in your life You're going to regret that first mile. Man, take time and read the Scriptures. Maybe it's a few verses a day. And then as you continue to train, as you get better in your your time with the Lord, man, you see that a few verses turns into a chapter. A chapter turns into two chapters, three chapters. Then before you know it, man, you're reading through the book of the Bible, each book. See, we just want you to get the most out of this incredible gift that God's given us by forming that habit of Bible study, spending time in his word each day. You know, there's 31 Proverbs, right, in the book of Proverbs. You could even read one proverb a day. Or in the Psalms, if you read five Psalms a day, you'll finish the book of Psalms by the end of the month. And so, but even that is a lot. I would challenge you to just read a few verses if you haven't. You know been reading much of the scriptures start small and work your way up but we all need to start somewhere so if you got questions ask them and remember god's word is a gift to you it's a gift that you have to open in order to receive the blessings that come from it it's a gift that is eternal a gift that's going to help you in your walk with the lord let's pray father we thank you for this time together Thank you for your Word. Thank you for the opportunity that we can gather here tonight and open it. Father, we see that there's so many things in this world that grab our attention that we easily can commit to and we can easily lay your Word aside and not be willing to open it up but just throw it on the shelf and let it collect dust or stick it in our backseat of our car until the next time we go to church or Just completely ignore the time that we need to spend with you. Father, I pray that you would help us, convict us, Father, to open your word. God, that we'd have a desire and a love to know your word and to share your word with others. Thank you for this time together. And Lord, I pray for these students. God, I pray they would love your word. and They would want to share your word with those around them in their room, classrooms, their friends. And, God, I pray if there's someone here tonight who doesn't know Christ as their Lord and Savior, God, I pray that, Lord, they would come to know you. May they ask questions. How can I be saved? How can I receive God's gift of eternal life? Father, I pray they would have the boldness to walk forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Dismiss. See you.